Bonjour tout le monde! Hey Zwifters! Je suis Simon Schofield et c'est le Zwiftcast! À venir cet épisode, don't worry, I'm not going to keep up the cold French forever. Uh, coming up on this episode, new roads in La Belle France. Even if the virtual tour is not your thing, Zwifters get kilometer after kilometer of magnifique et formidable new routes. L'étape du tour, though, do seem to be Swifters things. Huge numbers on the event rides, taking the same routes as the pros. And, bien sûr, the virtual Tour de France itself. We talked to Zwift specialist Freddy Ovet, hipped on the line by three one-hundredths of a second in stage two, but winner on stage four. We talked to ASO the tour owners, and we talk to Zwift to get a sense of just how historic this really is. And it is historic Shane Miller. G'day, mate, by the way, or in fact, bonjour, mon ami. There can be little doubt that it is historic. Oh, look, in the context of the Zwift product in this podcast, yes, I'll allow the use of the word historic for this. Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to see you've been such a, a stickler for language, uh, talking <laughs> my language there. Yo, dude, Nathan Guerra, is Le Tour Virtuel making such a big splash across the pond as it is here? Um, kind of, I don't, not, I don't think, okay. So the thing is, is we in America, I think watch the tour because it's on NBC in July. And so yeah. it's not as like cycling is just not as big of a cultural thing here. And so there's a little bit of chatter, but I don't think nearly as much as across the pond, uh, but definitely really cool and historic. I would say in uh, virtual events, you know, this is a big landmark. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a big, big, big landmark. And my card's on the table right at the start on, on, on this. When I first met Zwift CEO Eric Min something over six years ago, he did talk about this very moment. Welcome to stage one of the inaugural virtual Tour de France on Zwift with some of the finest bike riders on the planet with making history as they battle for the yellow jersey here for the very first time on Zwift. And that is what it is all about. But I don't think even the passionate optimist that is Eric Min thought it would come so soon. Of course, the pandemic was clearly an accelerant, but the virtual tour has come about, at least in part, because of a long and careful courtship of the ASO by Eric. This was always in the master plan. We'll talk more and hear a couple of interviews about the significance of the tour virtual later in the episode, but this is a huge chapter in the history of Zwift, as Shane said, and no one has worked harder to achieve it than Eric Min. He deserves huge credit for that. Well done, Eric. And the reason he does deserve that credit is that Le Tour Virtuel is a huge boost for the platform and what benefits the platform benefits Zwifters. Right on! But for now, let's just go for a meander around the Zwiftified La Belle France. I rode L'Etape du Tour this last weekend, which was realistically the first opportunity for the vast majority of Zwifters who couldn't be bothered to go hacking, to get sight of the new tarmac. Um, we still haven't been able to ride the Géante de Provence, Le Mont Ventoux, but that's coming soon. And Shane has found a way. More on that in a moment. But what do we think of what we've seen so far? La Caspat 
or en anglais, the breaking legs. Shane, um, I think they have done a pretty fine job on this. Yeah, for sure. Look, any new course on Zwift are a welcome addition. Everybody just begs for new courses and new roads. I mean, I like what I see. I like what I've ridden. And there's a lot of countryside to ride. But not only that, they've put a number of landmarks around the route that really breaks things up. So there's things to identify along the way so you know where you are on this 22.9-kilometre course that we've ridden so far. So, yeah, I do like it. And I do like that there's beach sheep. Have you seen the sheep at the beach? <laughs> I'm not, no, I didn't notice the sheep, actually. I noticed a, 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 a few kind of like, I really, really hate this word so much, but I'm going to have to use it, I'm afraid. It, and it is quite fitting in these circumstances. A, a few iconic uh, uh, features of France. I mean, just little things like the, the, the there's an avenue of trees, mm-hmm. which is just so French. And a couple of things I noticed from the helicopter views of the race coverage, which perhaps you don't notice if you're in kind of view three, which I think most people are when they when they ride uh, a stage. And the helicopter coverage showed one of those classic uh, constructed by French farmers, bicycle out of hay bales things, which I thought was an absolutely lovely touch. Nathan, uh, your snap verdict. What, I, what really stuck out to me and keeps coming to mind is straightforward. Like you sometimes, so I still don't understand. I understand Innsbruck pretty well. I don't understand Yorkshire completely because it's kind of a mess in my opinion. <laughs> no but like, careful, you like, careful. Like, <laughs> but now this is just straightforward. Like here's a course, a course, a course. Like Shane said, lots of landmarks. You kind of know where you're at. You know what you're approaching. And each of the landmarks are done really, really mm. well. So you kind of get this feeling of like where you're going and how it's going to play out. And you can kind of know what to expect a little more, which makes you plan out your route and how you're going to attack it. So I just kind of like that. Simple Three routes, four routes. I mean, you can do them backwards and forwards. Um, and uh, kind of snuck over to Vantu after my ride two hours ago, too. That go. was pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I really, right. really dig it. I love it. Well, let's get this <laughs> over with now, shall we? Let's get this how do you ride Vantu over with now without hacking. You know, we don't approve of breaches of TOS on the uh, on the Zwiftcast, but there's a way to do it without hacking. Shane, come on. Yeah, for us. sure. Look, and this was picked up straight away as soon as people were dropped into the public version of the course, uh, which was uh, 3 p.m. Saturday, our time here, which I was, I was doing the live stream of that. I think first up in chat, someone said, can we quit the event and just turn right and head to Vantu? Too. Yes, you can. And it works on any platform. So if you enter an event, um, either the LATAP events, uh, which I think are now all over, but the Discovery Rides are on this week, you can enter those, just quit the event, and then use your arrow keys to head to the hills. Interesting. Well, as as Vontu's come up, let's let, let, let's discuss that. I mean, we'll go back and discuss the things we have been able to ride officially in a moment, but let's just get the Vontu thing out of the way. Uh, a such 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 a long climb. I mean, a really really long climb, and it's a it's a hard climb. D- realistically, Shane, and this may not matter, but realistically, do you think many Zwifters are going to ride Vontu very often? Well, it's hard to tell. We really don't know. Well, I guess next weekend, thousands and thousands will be riding it, so that's going to be fun. Mm. But the longevity of that, I'm not sure. But I said that about the Alp de Zwift. I thought, oh, who's going to suffer yeah, up, that, up that climb? No way. But then only a few weekends ago, there were thousands and thousands of people on there just yeah. going for the wheels, for the spin wheel at the top, just going for the masochist badge, just V Everesting, just using the hill. This one is it's not as steep in, uh, I guess it's more constant. It's uh, this, this might 
I'd be quite popular. I mean, if I was to do a 60-minute or a 90-minute hard climb where I didn't want to use erg mode, but I wanted something to push back on the pedals with a constant rate that I just you know, selected a few gears for, this is where I'd head because it's it sort of opens up at the top. Things change. It's a story that unfolds because it goes for so long. Ah, I don't know, but I think it might be quite popular. I don't know, though. Well, How's you, that for sitting you, on the fence? <laughs> you know, well, no, 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 but you could be right there, actually, because, I mean, you know, conventional wisdom, I, I remember uh, on the Zwiftcast we were talking about, um, well, I, I think the phrase we used a lot was long climbs on trainers are boring. And then mm-hmm. Aldoez came along and kind of blew that out of the water. I mean, partly because I think of the execution within the game. It was interesting to ride. Now, my worry about Von 2 is in real life, you know, it just ain't interesting to write. You know, it's a long, it's a long, long, long grind through a forest. But of course, you know, Zwift don't have to stick faithfully to that. And and the other thing, Nathan, I think is that sometimes perhaps we may underestimate Zwifter's uh, ability to rise to a challenge. You know, I mean, we saw that on uh, back in the early days of the pandemic on the Oat Route. Uh, stages which were really hard and were hugely well attended. So perhaps the same thing would would, would may apply to Von Two. And we, you know, we're, we're speaking in the dark here because we haven't seen it. I think there might be something new here too about access to um, something iconic like this that you can just jump on and go to, as well as the social aspect. You know, I did help the Zwift the other day, and people come into chat in the live stream. Shane's live stream. I see people chatting about this, like there's this kind of, oh, I did it the other day and oh, what about the wheels? And there's kind of this um, access thing that changes it, I think, about going out and doing this climb. And also the reality of the social aspect where like a group ride can hit up, hit it up, or at least mm. your local club, mm. I mean, not local club, I mean, your online club now yeah, at yeah. this point is chatting about doing it more. And then the whole V ever seen thing came around. So I think there's kind of, like you said, this changing attitude um, where you have a lot more people around you. And the reality is, is like you don't pack Mount Vaughn 2 in real life with thousands of people, whereas you can do that. And Zwift, the next thing you know, there's people riding all around you and it yeah. becomes this whole other experience. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, just, just very slightly off topic, but I can't, I can't let it go and remark, seeing as you you um, mentioned Via Everesting. Do you see Contador? Mm. <laughs> Man, I love it. I love it. Like, and he's got to be. I was talking to Keenan in productions actually on uh, for the NRS series we've been running on ZCL, and he was like, "Yeah, shows you how much the guy just loves to ride his bike if he's that fit right now." Exactly, and that was always the joy of watching Contador race. You know, you, uh, he, he so obviously loves riding his bike that style you know, it, out of the saddle style contador everybody yeah. knows that iconic yeah this the style we need that in zwift we need the the avatars to have certain styles that that's what that's what really lighten things up yeah Dan- there we go dancing on the pedals anyway uh that was very off topic but uh well done <laughs> alberto uh, 727 i think absolutely oh. incredible he must still be riding his bike right to the line lot. to 230 that was it over lachlan i mean that's right yeah, percentage that's right wise that's it, nothing is it that's oh, that's close yeah. <laughs> Amazing, amazing rider. Uh, I miss him. I miss him badly from uh, from World Tour Racing. Anyway, back to France. Um, I, mean, I think the other thing about Ventoux, and I know this from having ridden it in real life several, several times, uh, and including a real-life Etape de Tour I rode it. And the thing about Ventoux, and, and Zwift have replicated this very, very well, 
is that wherever you are, not quite wherever you are in Provence, that's somewhat of an exaggeration, but if you are within like, you know, 20, 30 miles of any direction of Vontu, you can see the thing mm -hmm. because it rises out of kind of a flat plain. It's not surrounded by the mountains. It's such a weird mountain, um, Vontu. It, it, it's like this huge thing that suddenly pops up out of this flat plain. So if you're in the area, you can see it. And it's like, it taunts you. It's like, I'm here. Why are you not riding up me? And I, <laughs> you know, I, I think Zwift have, have replicated that very well. And I just think that visual presence, Shane, is a, it's an incentive, I think. Oh, look, right near the top, there's some switchbacks that remind me of a, a few climbs around here in our Alpine region. Uh, it feels like a climb because you can just see over sort of over to your left, you can see where the climb snakes up. It's something that's missing from the other mountain passes because they're either too steep or there's too much furniture around. But the the emptiness of the top where it starts snaking around and you can see the tower yeah. and there's this fog that rolls over the hill in Zwift and you can just see the tower come and go and come and you're like, oh, God, I've got to climb all the way up there. And you're over an hour into the effort already, knowing you've got 20 or 30 minutes left to go. It's uh, rising to the challenge is what people are going to have to do to get to the top. It's, it's, it's kind of cool. I do like like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, well, obviously, we will see how how often it gets ridden. Perhaps, um, perhaps the, the 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 old thinking, long climbs on trainers is just a uh, boring. Is just it's just dead now. Maybe that's that's not true. Um, a few other little bits and pieces that caught my eye. Um, man, those sunflowers are big. <laughs> they are absolutely enormous. I mean, they're bigger than the riders, for goodness' sake. <laughs> You can get some traditional iconic uh, TDF shots, though. You can put your uh, your camera zero on Mac and PC and then move your uh, camera around and get the through the sunflower shot. You know that sunflower shot. Who was it? Was yeah, it Graham yeah, Watson, yeah. the photographer who's always doing those shots? That kind yeah, of shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can do that yeah, in Zwift, yeah, which yeah. I do like. Well, maybe that's why the sunflowers are so enormous. I mean, I'm not complaining about it. It's just, oh, God, they're big. They're just huge. Um Nathan, as a uh, uh, one of our American friends, does it make you want to ride in France badly? You know, actually, it definitely had a different feel. I was, uh, this is one of the best looking courses, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I, this might be my new favorite course for the time being. I mean, I've been on Watopia for a really, really long time. And Watopia is really cool. It's, you know, it's... Um, imaginary place. You can do lots of different cool things, but this is a very beautiful country, obviously, and uh, really, really liked all of the scenery and um, definitely made it, I don't know, like really attractive to ride. I was really focused though, because I was trying to stay with the lead group and all the things yeah, I was doing. Yeah, so yeah. Really, I'm the competitive side of me, but it, it made it easier. That's for sure too. Yeah. Did you know, boys, France is the most visited country in the entire world. Wow. No, Didn't I know that. that. Wow. Hmm. There you go. There, stand back. Well, we'll have it? to see if we get the similar thing on Zwift. Well, yeah, <laughs> the there you go. Yeah, yeah. Will it, will it, world be, in will it be the most visited world? Indeed, indeed. Well, Richmond's uh, out there on Zwift, so something has to be. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, here's, here's a side topic. Did we see the poll on Zwift Riders the other day asking which was the least favourite course? New York won by a landslide. Ooh. Yeah, I know people really don't. Well, not everybody, but quite a lot of people really don't like New York. It's always it's always foxed me a bit. That. I have to say, it's not one of my favourites. I, I generally don't use it, given an option. Anyway, back to France. Um 
looking like on or about August 10th when it gets opened up to uh, to the to the common herd to the great unwashed to the paying subscribers get finally get a chance to uh, to select France on calendar rotation from August the 10th ish onwards um I was wondering why and then of course I worked it out I mean they've got to strip all the assets out haven't they, they, they they've got to de Detorify Watopia, <laughs> uh, and I, I guess you know sort of all the banners and stuff. I mean that that looks like quite a lot of work in kind of artist game design recoding terms. Shane, I think probably. Yeah, look, uh, they tore down under a few years back. Peter Sagan, after he won the stage, hung around at the end and helped them wrap up the banners and things like that. It was a great media PR Indeed. shot. It was fantastic to see. It was one of the, it's voted one of the most. Uh, what would you was the best PR stunt or something like that? But it, it was legit. Sagan is a nice guy, and he did hang around uh, to help them tidy up. So I reckon every every one of these riders who are riding the virtual Tour de France should be sat down to recode and everything, and you know just help out a little bit so we can all go and ride the course. <laughs> Well, that's a great idea. I'm not sure I'd, I'd trust most world tour riders with re, with recoding anything at all. Actually, uh, sorry, sorry, world tour riders. I know you're all very good at riding bikes, but some some many other things you're not very good at. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of got to be derigged, Nathan, hasn't it? You know, like derigging a real race, I guess. I wonder. I wonder if the way they set up the assets, because it might just be a, a couple of clicks of a button. Well, to, you'd hope it had been designed to be you know, to, to be a fast derig, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, some some of the things a lot of times to be able to remove assets and put other assets on, it depends on the way it was built. It might just be a couple box ticks or a couple lines of script that say load or don't load these assets. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Anyway, we do at least have a, a, a rumoured, a fairly strong rumoured date for that, and I think many people will be looking forward to it. But, of course, um, we have stages five and six still to race, and we'll be talking about the racing aspect of the new world lower down the show and um more on that later still to come but first just let's get a little bit of insider insights on on the bigger picture i mean this is without doubt swift's biggest ever marketing event so i spoke spoke to somebody very senior in marketing uh, just to get some perspective well, welcome to the Zwiftcast to uh, James Lalonde, uh, a grand fromage in marketing in Zwift. Hello, James. Hello, Simon. As we have a marketing expert on the podcast, let's go headlong deep into some marketing rabbit holes as we examine just how big this deal with ASO is for Zwift. Most listeners probably won't have heard of the term. Um, the term is media value. Just start, James, by explaining exactly what media value is. Media value, uh, you know, it's it's often referred to as earned media value, right? And it, it's it's basically exposure for a brand or you know for a product that's shared or promoted by somebody else or like a third party without putting dollars behind it to promote. So you know it could be something about a brand or a product that's shared by somebody on social media or an article that a journalist writes. You know, I'm sure you, Simon, and you know, many of the listeners here have contributed to a company's media value at at some point, right? What what road bike are you riding today? Uh, that would probably be my Pinarello. I take a photo of your bike, you post it on social and you tag Pinarello. That right there is example of you providing brand media value to Pinarello. It's it's promotion of something by somebody who's doing that promotion on their own without being incentivized by the brand. 
on the other hand, and in comparison, um, you have owned and paid media too. And just to kind of round out the explanation, owned media is something that comes directly from the brands. These are, these are marketing channels that the brands have complete control over email, websites, brand owned channels, and so forth. Um, and then the other, the other example that I'll just highlight very quickly is, is paid media. And in short, you know, this is putting money behind marketing to boost content. So things like sponsored social media posts or banner ads that you might see when you go to a website, uh, advertisements on the front end of, of YouTube videos. This is all, you know, a very fine tuned science. Uh, and, and even at Zwift, you know, we put a lot of support or paid media support behind content. We have a very talented performance marketing team to look after that. The earned media value, I think, is generally perceived by the consumer to be perhaps of higher value than, than paid. And even better, earned media value when it is so relevant to the product and the brand. I mean, it looks to me as though the, the virtual TDF is about as good as it gets for a brand like Zwift. Would that be, would that be accurate? Yeah, it's accurate. I mean, it, you can't really get much better than working with the most famous cycling race in the world, right? Absolutely, and of course, and, and you're there by dint. You know, an awful lot of this media value is earned. Journalists are writing about this because they're interested. At the end of this, James, will Zwift ever be able to quantify the media value that's been earned by this project? There really isn't a consistent way to really measure or calculate the value. To be honest, I mean, there are some models out there that can be used. Certain formulas that can calculate things like reach and conversion and and impressions. Um, uh, you know, but honestly, I think we'd have to devote an entire show to, to that conversation. You know, we can also look at broadcast viewership numbers to get a good idea of how interested the general public might be in, you know, the race or the virtual Tour de France itself. We can look at things like sentiment from the community to just to generally gauge if something is resonating with the community and fans of the brand. Um, and also look at things like registration and participation uh, numbers for events like the Attack to Tour de France, which is happening um, in conjunction with the virtual Tour de France. I mean, lots of ways uh, to slice and dice and, and, and quantify different aspects, I guess. But I guess probably the very simplest metric is, you know, is this going to put more bombs on saddles uh, and create more more subscribers? I mean, is that too brutal? Is that too crude a measure? Yeah, I think we'd expect more bums on saddles. And, you know, I, I think the thing is like you and I, we know Zwift very well, right? We're riding Zwift day in and day out. And a lot of the listeners on this show know Zwift very well. And you have a loyal following. And, you know, as much as, as Zwift has grown over the past several years, you know, we now have customers in 190 different countries. There are still people who have not heard of Zwift. And so, you know, the opportunity to work with somebody like the ASO of course, ASO being the owner of the Tour de France, you know, this is the most famous and the most recognized race in the world for over 100 years. It's, it's incredible. And, you know, there will be a greater awareness for Zwift at the end of this month than there was at the beginning. I think the other thing, too, is it's, it's, it's a lot of it has to do with the time of year that it is, right? When you have most of these very passionate kind of diehard cycling fans who are really tuned into racing, they're glued to the in real life Tour de France this time of year, typically. And so, because the in real life tour has been pushed, this virtual version is now incredibly relevant. So not only are we reaching people who have never heard of Zwift, we're reaching people who I think have heard of Zwift, but maybe haven't ridden in Watopia. 
yeah, hopefully that 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 paints the picture of of uh, what we're doing here. Yeah, I, I mean, I think all that paints a picture of is if you guys in marketing, guys and girls in marketing, sat down and said, what would be our number one dream? You know, what would be the biggest possible marketing event or series of events that Zwift could possibly uh, dream up to the best possible advantage? I think you'd probably end up with this, wouldn't you? In terms of what we've done in the company and our evolution and how we've grown, this certainly was the next step, especially if you look back at um, the significant onboarding of pro athletes and teams over the past couple of years, and more particular in the past couple of months. And we hosted the Tour for All Pro Race Series in early May. It was just a, a, the next natural step. You know, it may not have happened as early as this year, but considering the circumstances that we're in, um, with the tour again being delayed and pushed to later in the year into September, um, it was the opportunity that existed at the time. Yeah. G- given the significance of this, James, and its importance and, uh, you, you, you know, it's kind of dream nature, if you like, are you nervous? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, not so much, to be honest. And I, I delayed there because, you know. I mean, so, so far, uh, so good, to be fair. So far, other, so than, good. other than sweating through my T-shirt during our chat right now. <laughs> no, uh, you know, we're, we're through the first weekend of racing right yeah. which which is it's always the time when the nerves are riding extremely high because you're going into it right but a lot of the work on the back end had been developed and we have an exceptional exceptionally capable team behind us at swift um, and and you see the progress being made right like when you first approach the project and it's um, kind of chaotic and you start to really pull things in together in a structured format and you start working cross-functioning with these teams and you're having these daily meetings um, throughout the week, you start seeing the project be built and then you launch, right? And then you have a week before the race begins, which is the case that we were in. Uh, You get through that first race weekend, some of the kinks get worked out, uh, you know, the race being relatively smooth. Sure, you see things on the back end that, you know, may have been slight disruptions or little hurdles to overcome, but for the majority of people who are tuning into that broadcast, they're completely unaware. So now that we're through the first weekend, far less nervous going into this second weekend of racing. Yeah. Okay, James. Well, listen, this has been an extremely interesting uh, conversation. Uh, some real good insight there into uh, into how much this means to, to marketing for Swift, which, you, could, you, you know, everybody can fully understand. Uh, and everybody who supports Swift, and, and, you know, we on the on the podcast, when all is said and done, we're fanboys. Everybody who supports Swift supports this project uh, because we know it's going to bring great benefits to, to the platform and ultimately subscribers. So uh, on behalf of the, the whole community, can I wish you and the team uh, all the very best with the remainder of the events and uh, the rest of the racing and thanks very much for your time thank you very much simon appreciate the time have a nice day okay as we were discussing earlier parts of the utopia world we know and love so well have been redressed for the tour and with some new added audio during racing it's conjured up a very very good atmosphere the banners and gantries and excited spectators definitely work towards a real race atmosphere and nothing quite says bike race that more than painted words and slogans on the roads and here the zwift artists have also delivered having said that some of the slogans are um definitely on the quirky side so we're going to play one of our little games boys i know how you look forward to this (laughs) Uh, i've picked a few of the slogans and we're going to give them a score out of 10 but hey this is le tour so we're doing it in french 
Uh, I know you two have diligently done your homework, and I know, uh, Nathan, your love for and mastery of the French language is, you know, is 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 uncompared. Uh, either that or you've got Google Translate open. Anyway, you've learned, I'm hoping, 1 to 10 in French. So, Shane, you're in charge of recording and adding up the scores because, you know, you oh, do all that tech stuff and I can't be bothered. <laughs> and we want a winner, which will be the yellow jersey for the best road paint slogan and a loser, the Lantern Rouge, for what we think is um, the worst road paint slogan. So, are you ready? Here we go. So I want a score in French, and Shane, you're keeping score, and I'll give my score first. So, slogan number one. Allez, allez. Well, I'm going to give that 10 points, because it's uh, an absolute classic and uh, hard to go wrong. Uh, yep, 10 points for me, Shane. Combien de points? Sorry, sorry. 10, 10. We're in French. Allez, allez, which is, is it, is it the literal translation is come on, come on? 10 yeah, yeah, basically, basically, yeah. It means it, come on, come on. Actually, now um, um, you might like to know this. I went to an Italian race once, and the Italian version of it is die. So oh you stand God. at the top of the climb. I know you stand at the top of a climb, and there's like five thousand people going die, die, die. And when I, uh, it really threw me the first time I heard it, as you can possibly imagine. Anyway, back back on topic. How many points for Ale Ale? Which, as you rightly say, means come on, come on. Uh, I'm going to sit on the fence. Sank. Sank, not very generous. Uh, Nathan, that uh, I'll go with now. How are you? So, D, I I pronounce this D, but maybe I, of course, I'm D. Okay, we I definitely give a 10 on that. I mean, these for sure. Uh, Okay, (laughs) no, well, I think he's right. I think he's right. You know, it's a classic. Okay, number two, we've got to speed this up. What's what's. Mm, there's a bit of Zwiftry going on there, but it's hardly classic. I'm, I'm going to go with a Sank for that. Uh, on. Uh, yeah, yeah, about mm, right, probably. Mm. I was being generous. Nathan? Quatre. I've, I've got the translation in English and French and what it sounds like in Aussie English, so I've got to do the... <laughs> <laughs> well, Nathan went with Catra. Uh, Catra. Yes. Okay, moving this on. Uh, number three, number three, uh, bag some bragging rights. Oh, I am not a fan of this one. I must confess I am not a fan of that. I, I'm going to give that deux points. Shane. Uh, I'm going with toi. Toi, Nathan. Yeah, do, do, yeah. Do, 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 do. You, 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 we've got to be working on your pronunciation. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. That, that, no, that just sounds like duh. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. The next one, keep strong and climb on. Again, not impressing me, this one, I'm afraid. I'm. Well, actually, I'm saving my un point for, for one coming up. I'll, I'll, I'll give that de. Okay. Oh, my spreadsheet's going well here. Spreadsheet's going well. <laughs> I like it. This is a motivational message, and this is what I need up to climb, especially when I'm suffering. So this one gets wheat. Is that, oh, is that, very well done. Okay. Oh, okay. Good, good. There we go. Good, good. Yeah, That's good. Try, try, try. Is that how I say? Try. 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 Okay. Try. Nathan's French oh, lessons continue. Um, <laughs> uh, this this is the one that gets un point for me. Ninety percent mental, ten percent legs. Did we skip one? I'd flip Shane. that the other way. I'd flip that the other way if it was. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Shane, go. Uh, hang on. Did we get a score from you on that time? And I haven't recorded one. 
Uh, un. Un point. Ah, that, that's your un. Okay. Uh, I like it, but the math is out. So that gets to me, that gets a toi. Okay. Nathan? Uh, set. 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 Oh, yeah. Good pronunciation. Ooh, yeah, good go. pronunciation. Okay. Um, okay. And finally, hammer time, not cramp time. Again, sorry. Sorry, Zwift artists. Uh, I'm not much of a fan of that one. Deux points. Uh, hang on. So I'm, I'm doing two things here. I'm converting from English to, <laughs> to French and then having to, to rate these myself. Um, sorry, this was hammer time, not cramp time. Um, um, yeah. Oh, look, there's a pending lawsuit there from MC Hammer. This gets um, zero from me. <laughs> zero. Oh, mm. okay. Harsh. Nathan. Sink. Sank. 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 Okay. Sank. There's, there's, okay. No, there's no long A there. What is that? <laughs> it's French. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we've stumbled. But no, right up. That, that was a hill. Did we skip that one? Right up. That was a hill. Right up. Yeah. I thought things were were, were, were stretching out a bit on this item. So. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll go back at Nathan's special request. We will put in the one that was on the script as well, which is called "Ride Up." And how many was that for you, Nathan? That's an un. That's un. That's an un. Okay. Un, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, it's on a hill, so obviously you're going to ride up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I am likewise going to give that just un point. Uh, okay. Well, I, <laughs> I think we finally stumbled to the end of that item. And Shane has been furiously calculating the mathematical genius of his cheeky llama. <laughs> Uh, the Mayo Jean is Shane. Alice, Alice, come on, come on. We have a uh, winner. Ale, 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 ale. That's one I thought it might do. And the Lantern Rouge. Yeah, right up a hill. <laughs> yeah, right up. <laughs> not not creative. Most obvious statement in the world. Yeah, right. Sorry, right, right up. up. Right up. Yes. You're really, right up I'm on a hill. Thanks yep. for the reminder. Yep. I'm Mont Von Dude. They need to remind people that you can do it. Yeah. You press, press down to ride down a hill. So that's informative. That'd be better. <laughs> Three kilometers down. Gotcha. Incentivize people to turn around and go the other way. Really take them away from that carrot at the top. Uh, Okay. Okay. Well, you know, you can't win them all. Actually, I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna, I had a little bit of a soft spot for ride up because at least it's play uh, play on words on ride on. But anyway, mm. yeah, ride up mm. on a hill is like, yeah. Thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> anyway, just a bit of fun. The race atmosphere that Zwift has conjured is really good, and so far, the racing itself has also been really good. Um, we've seen fields break up pretty quickly, which I really like because it means the racing is just basically easier to follow for viewers. Uh, we've also seen a number of real advances in the broadcast tools, and we'll get to them shortly. But first, let's talk to a racer. Uh, Freddie Ovet races for Israel Startup Nation, the pretty much nailed-on destination, we think, of Chris, Fu Chris Froome next year. And it's a team which has really, really embraced Zwift racing. And no rider's perhaps embraced it more fully than Freddy. He's Zwifted hard through lockdown, and he's started every race, setting his sights firmly on the well, win. The I recorded this one interview of the stars, actually, one of the definite stars of the first two stages of Le Tour Virtuel, and that's Freddy Over. Hey, Freddy. Simon, thanks for having me. Very welcome. Now, listen, you have really taken to Zwift. W was that a lockdown thing? Being based in Girona, Spain, 
mean, didn't have a choice. You know, there, there wasn't anything else to do uh, training-wise apart from sitting on your, your turbo trainer. And um, as I found in the first few weeks, Zwift, Zwift made that a hell of a lot easier. Then I got on Zwift and somehow got involved in a race and sort of looked at the data after and was like, well, this is actually a great way to, to get some decent work done. A lot of pro riders have taken up Zwift to get more out of a sense of duty, I think, and just like you say, to do something during that that terrible period that we've, we've we've been through but you seem to have taken it up and actually really begun to enjoy it is it is that fair to say oh yeah i love it to be fair yeah and and i think a lot of people are almost pros are kind of embarrassed to say that they enjoy doing it because there's a bit of a stigma that i was with you know it's it, it's not like outside of course and it course it's not you know they're completely two separate things but it, it doesn't mean that you can't use it to get benefit where where we need to i'm a guy that just loves to train i'm, I'm kind of a, a student of myself i'm improving physically and I, I saw zwift as a great vehicle to do that you've been promoted up to the world tour team which is the top rank for the virtual uh, tdf do, do you think in part, Freddie, that was because you had been shining in races on the Zwift platform or did, your, did the coaches just look at your numbers and say, we think this is going to be the, you know, the guys to be part of our team? Uh, if you're on the development team of the World Tour team, you, you are allowed to race with the World Tour team in non-World Tour races. And I've already done that. I, I raced with, um, with the World Tour team at Tour of Rwanda this year. So that there is that already um, accepted crossover. Yeah, I think it was clear to everyone that I was doing a lot of Zwift and doing quite well at it. And at Israel, then I, I think they, they're like, okay, Freddie's he likes it, he's good at it. And if we've got to do it, then it would be silly for us not to include him. There's definitely a, a certain section of our team that has a keen interest in in Zwift. Um, and uh, yes, and that's continuing on with the with the virtual Tour de France currently. Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty healthy for a team, don't you? I mean, you know, like as you as you've said, and as we all acknowledge, you know, Swift racing is not is is not the same um as, as real life racing. Of course it isn't. But there are benefits to be had there. And you know, reading between the lines, some teams are maybe not quite as receptive to the things that Zwift may be able to offer as as Israel have been. I mean, do you, do you get a real sense of that from the team? Problem that people is making the comparison between real life racing. That just has to stop because it's it's not ever going to be anywhere near the same thing. They're almost different sports. As soon as that comparison is stopped, there, I think it it opens a lot of doors mentally for you to enjoy the platform and, and get the most out of it for, for what it is. I'm thankful that Israel was, are so open to it because there's quite a lot of uh, teams that haven't. I think that would have made uh, the lockdown period, for example, very difficult um, for them. We often hear from commentators, and certainly it's kind of, you know, orthodoxy in the Zwift community, that Zwift is so different from real life racing that Zwift experience really does count for a lot in the virtual races. I, I, do, you, do you buy into that, Freddie? Do you think that really is true? I don't, actually. You know, quite annoying sometimes when a lot of people kind of like, oh, he's only good because he because he knows Zwift, because he's done a lot of Zwift racing. And personally, uh, I'm not sure about other people, but I don't find Zwift that complicated. It, it's quite straightforward. You stay towards the front, try not to get dropped, and then if you're at the finish, sprint. The power-ups that, you know, everyone makes a big deal as if they completely change everything and they give a somewhat <laughs> subtle boost, uh, um, but that's it. And a lot of guys on the team have um, said, you know, how, how can we improve? I really have a, a hard time answering that question because it, I, I just find it 
quite straightforward. The, the start is always hard and then it remains kind of hard the whole way. Um, and, and if you can sprint at the end of a hard effort, then you, you're probably going to do quite well. Well, I mean, it's sure working for you. I mean, does, does it give you a kick to, to drop Garan Thomas and riders of that stature? <laughs> Not really. I mean, like, uh, like I said, we can't really make the comparison because it's just two different things. But it, it is very cool to, to see these little avatars with, you know, Mike Woods and Garrett Thomas, you know, behind you, <laughs> behind me, whatever. Yeah, it, 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 it's cool. You know, it's fun, but I, I'm definitely not reading too much into it. You know, these are very, very, very established pros that have done a lot outside and, um, I'm just trying to make my, my way up. You've uh, you've certainly lit up the racing that, that I've watched so far. The penultimate question. We're, we're both in Girona uh, and you you quite often post race to Strava and you're currently the KOM on uh, a very well-known climb or you were last time I checked. I don't think I am anymore. This is a climb called El, El Angels for people who don't know. It's a little 20-minute effort just on the edge of town and uh, as you've just hinted at actually, it's probably one of the most fiercely contested segments on Strava anywhere in the world because of just the sheer number of World Tour, world tour Pro Riders based here um my question was there must be a few riders looking to knock you off the, off the perch but looks like it's already happened are you going to go out and get it back the time's so fast now that you need um guys helping you and you need the wind to be perfect um geez george bennett's gone really fast and i'm not sure i can i, I need to gather motivation later in the season to ring in some support and, and go after it but um uh, yeah, I enjoy Strava like I do kind of Zwift, you know, when you're feeling good and, and just sort of going all out on a on a climb or a segment and, and comparing yourself is quite fun. No, I, I shall keep a close eye on, on that leaderboard. Finally, finally, last question. I mean, I'm old enough to remember your dad, the great Steve Ovet, the middle distance runner whose intense rivalry with Seb Go absolutely captivated the world in the 1980s. Uh, I mean, one thing, fella, you, you've got you've got some good genes there. You know, they say if you want to be a good athlete, first choose your parents. So, I mean, that's that's pretty helpful. But d- does your dad take a, a keen interest in your in your cycling career? Yeah, yeah he's, he's my biggest fan. But we speak daily about um, how I'm going and uh, whether it's on Zwift or my training or my upcoming races. I'm all he cares about when it comes to cycling, which is um which is sweet, but no, he's fantastic. And I, I value his input to, to everything um, he says about training, you know, athletic performance. Obviously, it's a different sport, but at the end of the day, um, he was an athlete his, his whole life at the highest of the high level. So he knows what's needed to be done. Yeah, I, I've bought into that ever since I was a young kid. Yeah, I, I appreciate him uh, greatly. No, I bet you do, and I bet he's got some very uh, sage words of advice. Freddie, it's been a delight watching you in uh, in the tour. You're always a really, really great rider to watch when you when you race on Zwift. Good luck, not only um, in uh, any stages you you are still going to complete on uh, the tour virtual, but for the rest of the season. Thanks, I appreciate it. Yeah, hopefully, I can get a, a cheeky win on Sunday. I'll, I'll be going for it. So uh, let's see. Well, uh, that was timely, wasn't it? Uh, Very prescient of yours truly there. I recorded that interview before Freddie stormed to victory in stage four. Now, actually, (laughs) it wasn't that prescient because I I, I picked Freddie out to interview. uh, One, because I've got a kind of bit of a personal connection with him. I helped him get set up on his Zwift here in Girona just a little bit. Uh, and two, I've been watching him uh, join the racing and he was always going to win a stage. I mean, he is just immensely strong. Um, and he said during that interview, Nathan, um, he felt that power-ups count for little. As far as he's concerned, it's just all about the power through the pedals, 
power-ups are to Freddie at least the most minor of marginal gains, or so he claims, but I did notice that he crossed the line on stage four uh, with a power-up um, <laughs> engaged. Um, so I think... I think he, I think he's sort of got a point with power ups and world tour pro riders. They're so powerful, so strong. These guys, you know, does does a little power up really make a difference? Freddie says no. I mean, I think he's he's probably seeking to make a broader point there because he certainly deployed a power up to 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 help him cross the line, but. But that that broader point, Nathan. These 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 guys and girls—they are just so incredibly powerful that a little bit of a feather is not going to make any difference to them. I've said it over and over again. I'll say it again. Do you want to get rid of crosswinds? Do you want to get rid of cornering? Do you want to get rid of all the other things that make random number games happen and tactics in real life racing? No. Do you just want a Watt Fest? No. And so you're adding things that help you simulate some sort of tactics, some sort of RNG. Now, is this the best RNG? I still would say no. I still would say that there's a much better way to employ um, gamification, or if you want to call it sporting, if you don't like the word gamification, game theory to the to this world, then we could do it another way. But I think the arrow power up by far is the strongest power up in a sprint situation, and you get a huge advantage from it. Somebody who is putting out thirteen point three watts per kilogram for. 15 seconds, 11.7 for 30, and a 5.1 average throughout the stage four to Tour de France. Most likely doesn't have to worry about power-ups too much, although they do make a big difference, I think. But that man, if you look at the comparison between himself, Valgren in third, uh, you know, at Lucratic in fourth there, his numbers are above and beyond them, and he's just showing crazy fitness. So, yeah, power-ups matter, but at the same time, the dude's just really strong. I, I, I think he was being kind of sort of deliberately controversial to illustrate another point he made very clearly both in his interview with me and actually also in his interview post-match when he won stage four, Shane. And this was, uh, I think the words we use, he used are, we need to stop the comparison between Zwift racing and in real life racing. They are two completely different things. He's a bright lad, is is Freddie. And, and that, I, I, again, I think was a really, really interesting point he made there. Uh, you know, let's, let's, let's just quit with the comparisons. These are two different things. For sure. I think Jonathan Vorder said it uh, right on Twitter, which was misconstrued in a number of ways, as Twitter always is. I think Vorder said that mm. the physiological demands of Zwift racing is so very different to outdoor racing. Um, he said it was more akin to running, but I, I guess that's a little weird. It's not quite. Um, but he did make a very mm. good point that we've known for years and years and years. Zwift racing is like a hard criterion which is on from the gun cross between a time trial. There is no coasting and it is on, 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 which is very different to racing outdoors. So I think Zwift racing itself, what we're seeing people win here is Zwift races. We're not seeing them win replications of the Tour de France. It's not a six-hour ride. And I've seen Eric Min say this in a number of interviews this week. Um, they're winning these Zwift races up against the same people who ride uh, the Tour de France stages and Tour de France events. Yes. So yeah. it needs to stand alone. If you're a champion Zwift racer, you're a champion Zwift racer. Are you going to be good outdoors? Well, it's a, again, it's a different thing. I've said to a number of people this week that it's, it's very feasible to win a Zwift race blindfolded. If you were to jump on a bike, put a blindfold on and ride as yeah. hard as you can, yeah. there's a high chance you'll win. Try that outdoors. That ain't going to work. 
So there's your difference right there. So there's a lot of things missing from indoor racing, but it's not to say it's missing from it being a replica of outdoors. We just need to acknowledge what it is. And I think Freddie's got it on the money, totally on the money. He knows how to, he knows obviously how to ride damn fast outdoors. He knows how to ride damn fast indoors. And he acknowledges that they're two very different things. It's a, it's a message that the hardcore Zwifters, I guess, and the traditionalists will always fight against uh, or fight against each other with. Um, it's a message I think we need to respect a little more that Zwifting is Zwifting and the demands are very yeah. different. Yeah, it's true, and I think he makes the point exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Of course, where it gets kind of muddy and confusing is then when you have a, zeri- a series of Zwift races which are branded as the Virtuel Tour de France. But come on, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, who would not do that given the opportunity, either if you are ASO or more, or m- much more strongly if you are Zwift? Of course you're not going to miss the opportunity to brand a series of, of, of races races in in a time when there's no racing in real life as the virtual tour de france i mean of course you are of course you are and and to suggest that that is 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 strongly suggesting equivalence between zwift racing and real life racing is just not the case as you said shane uh, 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 eric himself has said this thanks uh, max your contribution <laughs> there was uh, Timely and 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 yeah, he's right. He agrees, doesn't yeah, he? he agrees. There's people in the background here agreeing with what I'm saying. Yep, but there's there's even fighting in this household about what's real and what's not. <laughs> Max agrees. Max is right with us there. Um, okay, let's move on a little bit to the innovations in coverage. I mean, I think replays are looking way, way, way slicker. Though you might not need a three-angle replay on a meaningless sprint when the riders are already through the flam rouge. And you're cutting away from the race to show that replay, but never mind. That's just a minor nickel. The replays themselves are really, really much, much improved. Um, the idea of ghosting the, the the rest of the peloton to show a highlighted rider in conjunction with a live shot, I think that's been a really welcome development too, uh, particularly when it comes with the relevant stats, uh, which they've managed to get right most of the time, actually. And the quality of the actual live shots of the riders at home is also hugely, hugely improved, properly framed, properly streamed, and absolutely now definitely add real, real value to the coverage. Uh, Nathan, obviously, you're the go-to guy on this, and, and there are a few other innovations as well. I mean, I think I've listed the three there that perhaps most people have noticed most often. Um, Swift really has has tried hard here. Yeah, they've done a really good job as far as grabbing the real-life shots. Um, I think that the broadcast tools look pretty amazing. Uh, I've taken a look at some of them uh, and hopefully be able to employ them into some of the ZCL streams soon. Uh, and uh, definitely what some of the feedback from the community is like seeing the ways in which uh, identification, rider numbers, understanding, yeah. draft, stuff like that has been Really cool. And uh, we are looking at uh, re-upping test labs on Tuesday. So from a community perspective and broadcasting, uh, we're really hoping that a lot of this will come down the line. I am getting a lot of feedback about finishes and sprints. Yes. Well, that's on that. That was on 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 our script for uh, for separate discussion. So let's just let's just park that thought there. But you are going to get. You are, as far as you know, going to get access to some or all of these broadcast tools, are you? Or have you maybe not been told yet? Um, I have the, I don't, hmm. <laughs> how do I answer that question? I can see them. I'm not sure about putting them out there. 
So, right. um, yeah, I, I definitely see them and uh, am definitely wanting to do stuff with them. I think that's where test labs and good communication across to all the community, the community was needs to be important though. So, yeah. Yeah. Shane, a couple of kind of under the hood, below the radar things that we know are going on, but we just don't have uh, any detail on or much detail on. We know they're tweaking the draft algorithm. Um, they've said they are, and we know they've been mucking about with it in selected, uh, selected events prior to the virtual tour de France. Uh, we just don't know how. I really wish we did, didn't you? Don't you? Yeah, look, more information would be a good thing here because you wouldn't want to spend a lot of a time, a lot of time getting to know the platform, knowing the ins and outs, and you know, getting an edge, and then to find out on race day something has changed. I don't think there's any need for them to be secretive here because people are screaming for updates and improvements in progress. So seeing messages such as you know we've changed something but we're not telling that's not really going to go mm. down well with anyone. I think subscribers to Zwift always want to know what's new for them. And any content that I produce showcasing what's new for everyone does really well. So it's only a positive thing if Zwift can tell us what has actually changed here. It's not hiding. It's not going to help. It's only going to hinder everything and uh, make people a little suspicious of what actually has changed or blame that for maybe failure or maybe attribute that to success. We just don't know without mm. the information. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, maybe they've, they've felt it. They need to keep this quiet because it would perhaps give some competitive ad, uh, advantage somewhere. But uh, you know what? I mean, in the end, the, the, you know, this is not serious, serious, serious racing because in the end it's a, it's a big charity project. So uh, if they are tweaking the draft, and we're pretty sure they are, it, will, it, it probably would be nice to know a little bit more about that because we care about these things, Swifters. We really do. Okay, lastly, as Nathan hinted at there, the finishers. Um Credit where it's due to Zwift, you know, the, the, the improvement in the broadcast uh, over, over, over several months and particularly the big step up to the virtual Tour de France has been, has been radical. I mean, the, the, the broadcasters are, are getting better all the time and, and, and they've stepped up a, a, a big step to me with the virtual Tour de France. But the finishes, I'm afraid, are still not perfect or I'm not even sure they're, they're optimal, actually. I mean, I'm not certain the correct camera angles are quite there yet and there's some ferociously complex stuff to deal with here too i mean that was absolutely exemplified in stage two the one that freddie ovet was adjudged not to have won he was convinced he had won that and some of the finish line shots seemed to agree but shane this is hard stuff isn't it because not everybody is seeing exactly the same thing. Yeah, or, or, or maybe they are. Maybe they are in in the to in the tour. I don't know. I mean, try to keep this simple because it is terribly complicated. It's the money shot, and this is a problem. Look, a photo finish of a race is what people want to see. They want to analyze. They want to debate. They want to dispute. And it's from those shots that mm. race results are taken in real life. That's the thing. Not the transponders. They're secondary. It's that finish line shot taken at a thousand frames a second that people go, okay, that's the clearly the winner, and they zoom right. In. But the problem with virtual racing is that every racer, every camera angle is computing its own version of reality in real time. So there's not just one reality, there are hundreds of realities. And that reality is different depending on which machine you're on. So it's kind of like what I call Schrodinger's Zwift. At the end of a race, you don't know whether you've won or not or both until the results on the server are observed and, and then you know. Look, it's complicated and that's a problem because trying to explain that to a non-technical person, why who they saw cross the line first isn't the winner. Uh, I, there's no easy way to explain it other than there's multiple realities. It's computed. There's lag. There's delay. There's a number of factors involved. 
it's a hard one because we want instant results because that's what we see out in the real Tour de France. We see Caleb Ewan's wheel. I'll, I'll go for an Aussie. We see that just ahead of everybody else. And then we zoom right in. Yep, we've confirmed it. Cool. Within seconds. And then we wait for the official results. That's what racing, watching racing is all about. We want to see that final shot. It not being there instantly at the end is kind of strange. Uh, yeah. Improvements yeah. on that would be good. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we need to accept it. It is work in progress, um, but but it, it, it's quite a big chunk of the miss, a big chunk of the jigsaw missing. Um, Nathan, I thought they did quite well in coverage uh, on the stage two finish, really, in that they just didn't dwell on the fact that it looked like the guy who they said hadn't won had in fact won. They did kind of fudge over that and draw a bit of a veil over it by not repeating too much of too many of the shots that seemed to show that Freddie had won, which I, I guess is probably probably the right thing to do in these circumstances. I mean, how, do, you, do you have difficulty with finishes on ZCL yeah, races? Yeah, uh, a lot. Um, yeah. This is definitely something that needs to be looked at. Some There's a lot of theories in the community right now about it. Uh, WTRL, a lot, of, a lot of, so the event organizers have been seeing this for a really long time. Uh, those who are broadcasting it and they've got a lot of different theories. WTRL uh, seems to lean toward because they do so much thing with timing and stopwatches and they're doing the TTT and everything that it's a stopwatch issue actually, that it actually has to do with when the time starts. Uh, for the riders. Uh, others think that it has more to do with the fact that everybody's at different tick rates with the servers. Um, you know, and I I also, you know, maybe Zwift is still trying to figure out that whole side of things as well. You know, like where yeah. where is this issue lie? Um, and then your thing about the just staying away from the finish lines, maybe there's something behind that because yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. No, they they are tricky. They, uh, I, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, well, there's the we got to go back to original Jarvis now at this point too. Why and then when when events were made, what they were built on, and all of that, right? We have to go back to and I think Shane, you've said this a lot of times that like originally events weren't even a part of the game. And then when they got written into the game, how was the stopwatch started and how were, how was the finish line predicted and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, was it originally built for esports? No, it was built for training. And then people started racing on it out of the community and out of a community project events came out, you know? And so uh, I think, um, you know, having to, after you program a lot of things, having to go backwards is very difficult. Yeah. 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 Tricky one. Work, work still to do there. Uh, not, not that it's detracted from the enjoyment of the race, because in the end they've decided that there is a result and that's the result that's going to stand. You know, so so fine. We have a winner. It, it, you know, it may not look like the winner won sometimes, but 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 you know, uh, that that's what we've got for now. So uh, it's 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 kind of fine for now. But I, it, as I think all three of us and probably a number of people inside Zwift also uh, know that, that that probably needs needs some work if this really is to develop as um, a totally credible racing platform. Okay, well, just finally on this, uh, this has become so normal now, it's actually barely worthy of comment. But the male-female parity is, of course, massively, massively welcome. I mean, it's just the right thing to do. 
uh, and, and it's become so normal now that we don't we don't even talk about it, which is which is right, really. I mean, of course, of course, there should be equalised broadcast and equalised racing between between the genders. And uh, uh, like I say, so so normal now, we don't even talk about it. Um, but I do talk about it with ASO because, of course, that is not the case in IRL. And uh, I had the chance to talk to ASO. Uh, around about a week or so ago about why they decided to get involved and endorse and agree to and promote a virtual TDF. Welcome to the Zwiftcast to Julien Groupiel. Hello, Julien, you're from ASO. Yes, hello, Simon. Nice to meet you. And you too, in the strange way that we meet these days. Just to explain to my listeners your job at ASO, what do you do there? So I'm the media director of ASO, so in charge of all the aspects linked to media, including television, the sales of TV rights, the production of the images of ASO, in charge also of all the digital aspects, so the website, mobile app, business development, and so on, are digital, and last but not least, all the communication area, including the social networks, uh, press release, and so on and so on. Wow. Okay, you're a powerful guy, so you're the right guy to ask this question. Why did ASO decide to become involved in a virtual uh, Tour de France? I mean, you know, the tour is a tour and the virtual tour is a very, very different thing. Yeah, for, for different reasons. I would say that the first one is that we wanted to have something consistent in July linked to the Tour de France. Uh, Christian Prudhomme always says uh, a month of July without any Tour de France is not a month of July. July. This is the first reason. The second one is that we wanted to create, uh, I mean, a kind of charity project. I mean, so so that was something important for us to build a charity project and, and the Virtual Tour de France is part of the charity project. And last but not least, we have always wanted to be creative, innovative. And, and for us, the virtual sport is something that we wanted to look into. Well, they're very, they're very convincing reasons. You know, I mean, the tour is so special to cycling fans and so special to, to, to everybody with any kind of interest in cycling. And in fact, lots of people who, don't, who only have an interest in cycling once a year. And it has an incredibly rich history and very strong traditions. Was this because of that? Was this a difficult decision? I mean, no, it was not a... a difficult decision. I mean, we, we are facing what we all know. I mean, there was no other choice uh, that to organize the real Tour de France at a different time. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's the way it is. We need to adapt ourselves. Uh, and, and I think that uh, that was the right decision. Nevertheless, uh, we wanted to do something in July. So that's why we are here for this virtual Tour de France, where we do expect it's going to be a big success. Yeah, well, there's certainly a great deal of interest in it. I'm sure you had many approaches because there are a number of different virtual cycling platforms now. Was it always going to be Zwift? I mean, we, to be honest, we had discussion with all the platforms. I mean, after days of discussion, I mean, Zwift uh, appeared to us as the most consistent platform and they are... The riders are used to to Zwift. Uh, they have a big number of subscribers. They are powerful. We had a good relationship with Eric and all the teams, so... It made the decision at the end, and we are very happy so far with all the job that has been done. What level of interest have you seen from broadcasters, Julian, compared perhaps to um, an ordinary Tour de France? Is there, is there as much enthusiasm? 
Yeah, there, there are much enthusiasm. I mean, when you look at the figures, we get 20 broadcasters in 130 countries. Uh, so we are very, very happy of that. We chart broadcasters of the Tour de France. We will have also a coverage on the digital, for sure, on the Tour de France digital platform, on Zwift digital platform. Even the teams uh, can have access to the live feed. So this is really something important. Uh, and uh, I would say, yeah, that's 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 clearly the the the, the point, and 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 we do believe that uh, for the broadcasters, this is important to get, I would say, fresh content. I mean, they have all broadcasted archive and so on, and they're still doing that in the month of July because this is the initial date of the Tour de France. But, but with the virtual Tour de France, we bring something which is fresh, new, and a bit different. So that was uh, that was quite. Uh, uh, so far, a good success in terms of TV distribution. I guess one of the other major benefits of doing a virtual Tour de France is is the level of participation on a contemporaneous basis that um, people will be able to do by doing the virtual L'Etape. I mean, I've done the, the real L'Etape uh, five or six times, and it's a fantastic experience. But this this makes it much easier to participate. Yeah, I mean, this is this is something which has been key since the very beginning. There were the pro race for women and for men. And in the very beginning, we also said that we need to do something for the cycling community. I mean, we have a lot of people participating to l'étape du Tour. L'étape du Tour has been postponed also because it could not take place in July. So we are very enthusiastic with the three virtual l'étape du Tour that we're going to set up with Zwift the same weekend as a pro race uh, on the same route. Uh, and we do expect to have a lot of competitors and this is good to animate uh, the cycling community. This year, of course, is completely exceptional. Uh, 2020, we hope we never see anything like it again. Um, but 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 the the way that things have developed have, have has, has happened in a, a number of interesting ways and this is just one of them. How much thought will you give to doing this in 2021, 22, 23? Could, could, could this run in tandem with the real tour every year? We need to look uh, if the operation is going to be a success. So among the different criteria, the audience and the appealing uh, of the fans would be something. So satisfaction also of uh, the riders and uh, and our partners will be, uh, will be also something. The number of people participating to a L'Etape du Tour virtual is also going to be something important. So first, let's deliver uh, this uh, months of July, and then we will have plenty of time to think about what could be the future. But we can imagine many things among pro race and amateurian race. Sure, sure. I, yeah, I, I think it's very sensible, obviously, for everybody to see this as something of a test. Um, one thing that's received a great deal of favourable coverage in the in the announcement, uh, of course, is the complete parity between men and, and women. Now, now, given that the tour itself has not had parity previously, does this increase the pressure on ASO next year or the year after, Julian? I mean, having done it once, you might need to do it again. To, to, to be honest, we, we, we do already organize quite a lot of women pro race. I mean, we have uh, Flèche Vallon, Liège Baston, Liège, Paris Roubaix. We're going to produce for the first time this year a live feed on Flèche Vallon, a live feed on Liège Baston, Liège. So, so we are totally involved in women cycling. This is for sure. Internally within ASO, we have set up group uh, of reflection to think what we could do uh, in a near future to organize maybe a women tour de France. So that's something uh, which is already on track. Of course, the situation of today uh, has brought some delays in, uh, in, in, in being able to, to put things in place. But that's something which is still in our mind and within our reflection within ASO. Sure. 
Okay. Well, listen, final question. It would be unforgivable if I had such a powerful guy from ASO on on the podcast without asking this question. We're all very much looking forward to the virtual Tour de France, of course. But July with no tour or a year with no tour, it just makes many, many people very, very sad, me included. Will it really take place in August, Julien? Are you absolutely confident? I mean, we are working as the Tour de France will take place in September. The signal we have so far, uh, I mean, is is there. We, we are organizing ourselves. We, of course, will have to take some measure uh, to protect the riders, uh, to, to, to all the measures that, that, that we have to, to take. And uh, and uh, then you never know. I mean, every day is, 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 is passing and, and, and we need to be cautious. We need to work with a lot of humility. But in our mind, within ASO, we are doing everything to organize the Tour de France at the end of August and within the months of September. But I guess in some senses... There will be many other people involved in the decision, and and it's not just your decision, is it? Really, exactly, exactly, exactly. The authorities we are we are in, in daily discussion with the authorities and, and and so on. So it's 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 not going to be only our decision for sure, and we will take no risk for sure. Okay. excellent. Thank you very much. That's been a, a very interesting and illuminating interview. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Um, well, some interesting stuff from from the ASO there. Uh, I think they clearly feel pressure. Um, well, that's a statement of the obvious. They definitely feel pressure to uh, do more for women's cycling. Uh, they were very quick to list the things that they were doing there. But I do think something like the virtual TDF is, is only going to increase that pressure. And that's probably a very, very, very good thing. Um, that's it, boys. Pretty much, actually. Time for our, our final thoughts. Um, the participation rides, huge. And it was interesting that James Lalonde, the marketing guys um, from Swift, one of the kind of indices of success that they use because there's lots of ways of for them to define and measure and quantify success. But one of them for sure is the, is the participation levels in, um, in, in the, in the big associated rides like let up to tour for the virtual tour. Now I did mine. Uh, I have, must say I have been riding outside a lot recently, mainly because the weather here is fantastic and also because I did spend many, many, many weeks indoors. Uh, so I've probably ridden outside this summer more than I would do normally. But, of course, the Etape de Tour dragged me inside, uh, not kicking and screaming at all, actually. I was really looking forward to doing it. Uh, air conditioning on full. I didn't go two fans Freddy set up. I do think he's two fans. I do think that is a, that's a cool setup. And I can see that catching on, can't you? Um, I didn't go two fans Freddy uh, and I did sweat a lot, but I still really, really enjoyed it, as did I think four and a half thousand other people on the ride that I did. Um, Shane, obviously in upside down land it is it is winter with you so so easier for you to do them i think but but to pull that number of people in from their default mode in july which is riding outside that is a hell of an achievement yeah look zwifters like new roads that is a fact and these are new roads so the numbers are big but not only the new roads the re- redressed up watopia the you know, previous week that was still very well attended so these cornerstone these keystone events are always so well attended uh what do we have the tour of watopia that was huge the um the route uh, was massive 
Talk for All was good. Talk yeah. for All, yeah, they just, they just nail it. Status. I think status events, Shane, I yeah, think that, is the big deal. That's it. Now, for me, my motivation is to get on there and stream the first rides and, and talk everyone through it and, and showcase them. And the number of views that I get on my stream are well above my normal streams for just showing people, oh, look, here's my first ride through. If you're doing it in a few hours, I'm a, I'm a few hours ahead or behind, depending where you are in the world. So they'll jump on and have a look at what's going on. People are just interested in new things. And that's, I mean, that's the Zwifting thing all along, isn't it? We've had the appetite for something new all the way along. In the early days of Zwift, we were getting updates, 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 and then they threw in a U-turn for us and it turned our world you know, twice as big. So this is one of these new roads. Everyone's excited. Jump on board, whether it's sunny outside or not. This is Zwift. And Zwift is not an alternative to outdoor riding. It's an accompaniment too. So you, know, you can go mm-hmm. road cycling or triathlon or gravel biking or jumping on Zwift. It's just, okay, oh, there's a new Zwift thing. Okay, I'll do that today, regardless of what the weather's like. So it's good to see it being a thing and being such a big thing in this time of year. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a real achievement being able to pull people indoors in, in July. Actually, uh, that just reminded me, uh, Nathan, actually. Uh, Nathan saying gravel riding there. Uh, the one thing, as I was um, sweating copiously and trying to keep up with my uh, little pack of 100 rendered riders on my uh, Le de Tour, uh, the thing I did notice about the surroundings was what looks to be a tonne of potential gravel gravel mm. rides mm. In, in France. Yep. Did you have you noticed that, Nathan? Uh, no. <laughs> have you not? <laughs> okay, well, Shane, Shane is no, I did not know. But here's the thing: I want to say that I I watch Shane's live stream, and I have a very different type of live stream. My head is down. Yeah. I am focused. Wattage. Look at this and pushing zero, looking around. Check this out. And I'm like, what are we doing? How do we win? <laughs> so, no, I didn't notice the ground. <laughs> well, Jane, as, as you did it at tourist pace, I'll come to you on this one. Uh, I mean, I there, there just looked to be loads and loads of bits of gravel yeah. uh, intersecting with, with the tarmac. I mean, uh, and perhaps we, we should have talked about this at the top of the show. I mean, the, the 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 scope for expansion of France is obviously enormous, but it looks like gravel might be prioritised. I think we see that on a few other courses. Uh, the flat desert course on Zwift has a few side roads that lead to nowhere. Yeah. I, I think Zwift are building out worlds that gives them the opportunity to, to just build out courses that could really open up things, uh, side routes or alternate descents. Um, and then from there, I mean, geez, imagine what the megaplex would be if we have even more, uh, more ways to ride around the different worlds. It would be huge. Not quite sure what they'll do with them, though. A few of those dirt roads on the New France map do just loop back around. There's only a few hundred metres. But uh, mm. the, the potential is there for them just to give us a little, ah, oh, turn off this way to go, you know, gravel exploring. That would be super cool. And, yes, I was what, what I would call rubbernecking on, on lap one of the France map. I was looking sideways and looking sideways and looking sideways again. And I did spot those sheep on the beach. Uh, what else do we have? The um, Just the iconic, um, the windmills, the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, brilliant yeah. stuff to look around yeah. for. So, um, yeah, I, I liked it. So, yeah, with Nathan's stream, though, Nathan is up the front and, yeah, head down. And that, that is something that is very similar to uh, real life racing. Um, I've ridden up many mountain passes or raced up many mountain passes, and you don't see a thing. But then when you go to tourist pace, it's so much nicer. So you can do the same on Zwift. Yeah. <laughs> You know yeah. what's interesting too is when I'm up at the front, I look around and like it feels just like for me at least for coming from the gaming world, it feels just like being in an Apex Predator lobby or a top end PUBG because like you everyone around you is a streamer that you know who's streaming the race <laughs> and you're going head to head with them to the line. It's actually really cool that um, that everybody's kind of like 
you know everybody who's around you and who's who um, in in uh, in the front end of the pack. So that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I find the same thing at a slightly different level, obviously, but I find the same thing in the um, because we're all creatures of habits, aren't we? So. Uh, the attack ride that I did, like I say, over 4,000 riders, but still there were names there that were familiar to me because, you know, I think everybody is to an extent a creature of habit and you tend to pick the times at which which you ride on a fairly regular basis. And so a lot of my kind of regular names cropped up, which is always, always really, really nice to see. Okay, well, that then is that. Um High summer here, uh, deep winter there. Shane, what uh, what's rocking your world for the next uh, August? Because such a holiday month here, obviously not 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 there. Uh, yeah, Melbourne, which is we're at arm's length from Melbourne here in Ballarat, where I live, has gone into lockdown version two. Yeah, I uh, and yeah. Victoria oh. has been locked out of every other state. Um, yeah, things aren't good. Uh, so I'm just doing my best to steer clear of anybody from Melbourne. Um, <laughs> that's about all at the moment. Um, like yeah. lots of indoor riding though. But yesterday was the, the the typically the coldest day of the year here. So we're on the up. But I'm already over winter now. And I'm you know, sort of if I'm over it already, we've got another half of that to go again before the weather starts warming up. So good time to get on Zwift. Um, yeah, I'm just sort of recovering to, today. Um, Monvon Two is coming up this weekend. That's going to be oh, long. So yeah, just preparing for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're obviously you're definitely going to ride that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Three PM Saturday, our time is the very first event. So I'll be on live streaming that um, across all the platforms that I'm streaming on, um, just to show people what it's all about. Um, I'm really keen to know. We, now we have some numbers. Sorry, just to drag this one. We have some numbers going up. Elders, no, 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 the uh, the watts per kilo was at three point three watts per kilo. Gets you up in an hour, assuming you know, depending on what equipment you you've got. So one hour. 3.3 or thereabouts, what's per kilo, up Elta Zwift. Monvon 2, what do we aim for? Or is it an hour and a half? Casey Shum. Oh. Uh, Shum was streaming. I saw him last night. He told me straight. He said, Nathan, if you want to go do it, 3.5 for 93 minutes. That's what he told there me. There we go. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that, that's there's my baseline. I, I, I would have guessed 90. Like I say, I think my best ever IRL time up there, uh, and, and remember, you know, Fat, old and slower adjectives frequently self-applied to myself. Um, I think my best ever time was about one forty-two, something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that. So, so, so ninety minutes. I think for a pretty, you know, a fittish amateur rider sounds sounds about right. So, Simon, the question um, I have um, before you go up: Will you be selecting the Everest Challenge just to get a little bit closer to that Tron bike <laughs> that you don't have? Because there's a lot of elevation up on too, you know. Oh. <laughs> I thought Get we'd agree not to- back <laughs> in the stable. Come on. I I thought we had a gentleman's agreement, chaps, that we were no longer going to refer to this subject. <laughs> so oh, that's a no. Man. Come on, Simon. That's a no. You know, really? You know, like when politicians don't want to talk about something and they say that subject is as far as we are concerned, closed. Um, well, that's how I feel about that's how I feel about the Trump bag. I'm, I'm just not talking about it. I'm not talking about it. That is history. I, you know, and I, 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 I don't want it. I never needed it, and I'm not. I'm not bothered. I, I don't care anymore. Yeah, I don't want it. <laughs> no, not for me. That horse has left the barn. Uh, Nathan, all that crazy fitness, man, that you've been accruing over over winter and spring. Are you? Are you putting? Are you deploying that in real life races at all? So I talked to a couple of, you know, because 
you get bikes, you get sponsors, and they're like, well, what are we doing? So uh, a lot of Zwift racing. There is a race that's happening for sure in July uh, on a local race car track actually here. So uh, it's like a 12-hour thing that's happening. So I'm going to be doing that Race America uh, it's called, um, so we'll be doing that in late August for in real life, but that's all I got for in real life. So I'm just racing on Zwift a ton. And then yeah. I've started, um, so the mixer shut down. We all had the option to go to Facebook gaming. I took that on. And so I got partnered with Facebook gaming now and I've separated out all gaming traditional content to Twitch and I'm doing all cycling, Zwifting, nutrition, coaching, outdoor riding on, uh, the Nathan Guerra Facebook uh, gaming channel now. So, oh, cool. Cool, um, cool. so now there's going to be a lot more Zwift racing content, uh, just of myself there, totally separate thing from ZCL. Uh, and just, you know, essentially making that the thing that I'm up to. I raced three times this weekend, actually. Um, so, and I've, I'm definitely feeling it's interesting. I am most definitely feeling that July race, race, race fitness that you get um, when you're racing in real life where it's like, you just, you start peeking out and it's like, all you do is race your bike and you keep getting better and better fitness from it. And I'm absolutely loving it actually. So oh, yeah. very good to hear. Very good to hear. Okay. Well, I, um, uh, or my riding both inside and outside is beginning to contribute to, uh, increased fitness levels for me, which is, uh, very nice to see nowhere near, of course, the strength of you, Nathan, or, or, or you historically Shane, or probably even now actually, but, uh, I'm definitely feeling the best I've felt for ages and I'm enjoying riding my bike at the moment more than I think I can ever remember actually. So that's uh, that's a jolly good thing. I'll be uh, I'll be doing that on uh, on two next weekend. Um we're going to take uh we're going to be very European actually and we're going to take August uh, as holiday for uh, the Zwiftcast. There's not going to be a Zwiftcast in August, but we will be back firing on all cylinders in September. Uh, so enjoy the rest of the summer. Uh, endure the rest of the winter until we speak again. Thanks very much indeed, my friends. And we'll talk in September. Cheers. All right. See you then. And the usual housekeeping. Uh, thank you very much to Zwift for their continued support. And uh, that support has now been extended for a further year. So you've got another year of Zwiftcast to look forward to. And But that's on the same terms as before, which means that we decide what goes into the Zwiftcast, not Zwift. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>